talking about networking. Uh, Jessie's here and she's mentioning about her networking event and I want to hear your opinion so you can tell us a bit more about the, the event itself, which is in London. So dear listener, if you are about, that's great. But I wanted to say that I found that I think we started to actually shift to getting back into making time for in real life networking, just for the sake of networking. Maybe only a couple of months ago, as a collective shift, I personally noticed that. And I want to hear your opinion because part of our brain went into, we are now able to go out and meet people and do things. But I genuinely think there's been a buffer, like from a bit of the online side of things, to actually be able mentally to do it. We don't talk about it enough. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you can't see it, it's because um, I want to say because Jess stopped there laughing. And now she's really sad because if you have a Apple-owned device, all of them, by the way, do it these days. They now add reactions to your videos if you're doing a call, if you have it in your um, settings. But they're weird. So if you haven't seen them before, like Jess hasn't, they come out a bit of a surprise. Like there's the hearts, there's the thumbs up. So dear listener, if you are among this crowd, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, I'm going to give one more to Jess while she tells me her thoughts as well. Maybe it works. I don't know if it's going to work. Yes, it's going to work. I'm doing hearts for Jess. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah, AI is taking over the world, but that when you are. I love it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, networking, I don't know, what do you think? Because that's what came up into my head when you mentioned um, the in real life event. Yeah, so I'm putting on an in real life event because my the people inside my membership kept, keep asking for one. It's something that they really want to do. People are craving this in-person community rather than online and my the membership that I run the content club has been online for the last two and a half years and the reason why I'm putting one on now is because physically I'm able to do it I haven't really been able to do anything like this before um I'm not doing it on my own I am partnering with um I like networking to do it which is exciting and yeah I just want there ha I also feel this shift. I feel like people are putting on more in-person events. But for me personally, I had like, I get so tired. I can't go to the mall. So I this is like, I find them really overwhelming as well. Especially with so like, if there's going to be so many people, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. So yeah, I've, see I've, I've seen a big shift into networking and I've been scared to go to them myself. That's why I'm doing my own one. I've done that with a lot of things, actually. I've been scared to do something, so I just I run it myself and make it like a soft version. <laughs> I like it also because I think it changes the narrative about what these kind of events should be or can be. And until you do it yourself, it's kind of hard to know. I've always found that whenever people meet me, if you didn't meet me in real life, um, I am very energetic. And people are like, OMG, you must be an extroverted. And I'm like, absolutely not. I'm an extrovert introvert. So... Whenever we used to run events with Creative Impact, my old company, we had the biggest one we did had 350 people and I was hosting it and obviously I was doing the panels and I was just on stage. And at the end of it, I was physically depleted. I was a mm. little, little Casper the Friendly Ghost, just, just if you only have the little sheet of them. And I think it's one of the things that we don't realize, especially when it comes to um, holding the space or even just being around those spaces. I'm going to be going a time of recording. So by the time it's out, I'm going to have gone to a couple of events myself. If anything, I'm being more selective about where I go. Also because of location. I talked about it with them a couple of weeks ago on the pod. Being away from London means I took account for the traveling piece, which is a lot. 
even just kind of like energy wise. Um, but I'm excited too because I think it provides a bit more variety and hopefully, you know, more people like yourself setting up those events and partnering with those people. Again, shout out to Isabel again and Alight Networking because they're one of our partners too. I think it's just kind of bringing different options for people with different needs and also addressing a bit some of the things, especially as marketers, I think we don't realize and I want to hear your opinion there as well because marketers and small business owners obviously say so they are there. We don't realize actually how much we network online in the way that we're just constantly building relationships on steroids. And I think sometimes we don't realize that. We think we're, unless we are literally just shouting to the void and then closing everything down, it's unlikely. You know, we know that the engagement piece is very important in any type of marketing we do. So I don't know. I think that's another thing that we need to think about is marketers approach in real life networking also differently, I think, because we are constantly building relationships with one end. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Online networking can just be exhausting because usually you're networking for the sake of trying to get a gig, trying to book a client, and you're wanting to get a lead and you've got a spreadsheet of sound. Lots of marketers have that. They'll have a spreadsheet of leads that they've spoken to and potential clients and are they in my target audience where an in-person networking event, you know, you can book a client from there. I'm not saying that you can't, but it comes with more of like a community feel because you're surrounded by lots of people rather than just you and the other person behind their screen. You know what you made me think about as well? We're talking about something. I'm going to do one shameless plug on our side. There is yeah. something that we created. If you are doing online um, events, it's part of our student community. So it's inside the all access pass, but also it's in our shop. So in our shop page, we have a 525-150 networking tracker. You can do your own. So I'm going to tell you how it works. If you want, I've done it for you in Notion, but it's up to you. I want to mention it because it kind of talks a bit about how high approach networking online, I guess, but I also use it for both. So the, um, this is somebody else's framework, but it's past so many ends. I don't know exactly who was the first person that came up with it. But it's 525-150. How it works is you identify, I would say every, maybe every month or even every quarter, you might shift it a bit, but I usually do every quarter. But every quarter you identify five people that you can help the most or that you can have the most impact when it comes to your work or their work. And these are people that maybe you want to touch base every week. Might feel like a lot. Some people even just kind of keep that every couple of weeks. But every week, every couple of weeks, you've got five people that you get back to. And funnily enough, I do have my business friends. That's kind of usually the ones, but it can be anybody else. And then I have you have 25 people that you reach out monthly and 150 people that you reach out quarterly. Under 50 is also a big number. What I say with the template that I created when I do the walkthrough, so I'm going to tell you as well, adapt it. You know, it can be 50 people that you want to reach out to quarterly. If you think about it, it's not going to be every quarter on the 1st of December, you, you message 150 people. But by keeping track with a spreadsheet or something like the notion one that I am, um, it allows you then to be like, well, I'll talk to this person and then automatically will tell you it's been 90 days, maybe worth checking in with this person. I personally really like it. There are other versions of this, but this really speaks to me because, for example, for me, the partners are somebody that I want to reach out quarterly. Most of our teachers are like to check in on monthly. You know, you can even do it just from a client perspective. I just wanted to share it because 
one I know it works because our students absolutely love that template because it's a system. And two, it really helps me because one of the things that I struggle with the most when it came to networking for the sake of networking, but not really, is talking to somebody with an open idea of, yes, I want to have a coffee chat just to get to know you. But also I think I can add value to what you do or you can add value to what I do. You know, whether it's a collaboration, a, a client or whatever, I don't know. But I think that's annoyingly, I guess, unless literally we're vibing so much that like Jess and I will get to that in a second. She sends me stickers of bears, uh, which was hilarious in the class that she ran for us for the certification. Unless these are the people, most of the times if I'm talking to somebody, I'm talking to somebody for at least exploring a reason because I'm too tired to just open up the floor for anything and everything. Hey, dear listener, we're taking a break from today's class as AppSumo is taking us on a trip down memory lane this Black Friday. Remember the days when Super Nintendo was the talk of town and Wales World had us all chanting, party on, dude, back at times. And to kick off uh, my nostalgia fest, our friends at AppSumo are dropping some seriously cool early Black Friday specials. And let me tell you, we've been using AppSumo for ages to snag the best deals out there. Tools like Upbase and CastMagic. Yeah, we found those gems for AppSumo and have been absolute game changers for our marketing and overall business. So fancy getting your hands on the tech of tomorrow, but at yesterday's prices? It's like stepping into a time machine, but for deals. Head over to allmarketingschool.click slash AppSumo. That's amschool.click slash a to check out the latest and greatest offers. Catch you there. And remember, it's not just a deal. It's a steal from the past for the future. Is it making any sense? And have you ever heard about this um, this system or system like this? No, but I love it. I absolutely love it. It makes so much sense. You're, you've probably heard it time and time again, dear listener. But your network is your net worth. And if you're not networking, you're not going to, your business growth is going to be cut short. I know, just not, not, not as expansive as you might wish it to be. When I work with my clients, my small business owners, I always tell them, I'm a content girly. I'll help you with your content. But your content is like 20% of what we need to be doing to acquire clients, the rest of it, and to get sales. The rest of it is in conversations and DMs and collaborations and putting yourself out there. The content has got a really good job, really, really important job in itself. What you post is, of course, really important. And of course, it can perhaps go viral and get you all these clients. But nine times out of 10, that virality and that that wealth of quick followers coming in isn't going to happen. So you need to do the work. And so I think that method is great. You know what's interesting? I didn't plan this, but you actually posted this week again, at the time we're recording, uh, your, a bit of a cheat sheet slash a breakdown of the impact of your DMs or DMs oh, yeah. in your strategy. And one of them, when I was looking at it, was a, one of them actually uh, spoke about the elements of collaboration and opening up that avenue. And what's interesting, and I thought of you, is that one of our students that I don't think could make it for your session, so just to our social media session, like she always does, we for our cohort, and we and our student came in, and um, she they mentioned that 
they know they think they need to do DMs, but they hate to do it DMs um, on social. <laughs> and it's interesting because actually what they do, they actually are going into, I think, like an employee kind of role right now. But it was really interesting because actually when your session, and that maybe ties in also with your post, but anything else on social, one of the interesting things that we talked about when it came to social media, there was a lot, there was content in there that it was structured. But the conversation, I love that it kept going around with the students that were there about a lot of the blocks and the reasons why they didn't enjoy it at the time. And I found it so fascinating because I know that, for example, as our student mentioned the other day, DM is another thing that a lot of people have, I think, some misconceptions and preconceptions about. So it's interesting to see that, you know, despite of all of that, there's still so many mental and mindset blocks when it comes to some of the elements of social, you know what I mean? I feel like, well, I can only talk from personal experience. When I first started, I was told that to grow your network, you go to your competition, you look at their followers, you look in their comment section, and that then you DM those people. That feels icky. That's not great. And you will burn out from doing that because it feels really cold. You feel like a, uh, like a, like a telemarketer. It's not, it's not how you do it. Quickly, what I found was that if you instead pitch to the top, you pitch to that competition and you, you try and book a collaboration with that person and you see it, you change the mindset from community over competition, wealth of knowledge, supporting each other, that really helps your business grow. I love them because there's so many, today is a bit of a networking angle, I think we're just naturally getting into but there's so many courses and trainings that even I have done in the past and even recently a couple that I've been looking into. And and part of me is in, if anything, in awe of the organization because my hour 525, 150, I'll put it in the show notes as well if you want to grab a template. It's very simple, but still is structured. But no way to the level of some of the structured networking that some people tell you to do when it comes to engaging with your target audience. And part of me is like, chapeau, <laughs> hats off to you because you can do that. Because we tried, J- just obviously, no, I'd like to test. It wasn't to the level of what you mentioned, because that was really icky, but it had the similar feel of like, and then you comment on and their stuff. But then it, again, I think sometimes we forget that people are becoming savvy and they understand the reason why you, it's almost like love bomb them. And that's kind of the feel. So it's less about the DMing, but it's still had a bit of a love bombing feeling to it. Some of the ones that I've seen. And because of that, you had a super in-depth spreadsheet that had all the links to the people. When is the last time that you talked to them? Have they followed you back? And just I lasted two days. I wanted to try to be like, how do I feel about this? How does it work? What the hell? And I was like, I'm pretty sure it can work for people. But then I'm not surprised that people have res- re- resistance. I've got to say resentment, maybe even that also resistant than to jump into that because you're like why, why would I do this to myself <laughs> why in the hell would I do this to myself have you seen any of those I didn't think about it but I think um love bombing is a, a good a good analogy for it you know yeah I think so like make sure you comment on all of their posts and you big them up and if you share their post to your story and you tag them they might share it to their story and then you can get some of their followers like it just doesn't feel right to me and it feels draining and it feels icky. But if, uh, yeah, I recommend doing a strategic collaboration instead. And you don't need to, I don't know, if you're a clothing and brand and then a really top 
brand as your competition, you might not be able to collaborate with them, but start small, start small, find where your people are hanging out, find those, those predominant pages and collaborate, share the knowledge, join up, go together on a, a, a shared value. It really, that that's made the biggest difference for me. I love that you mentioned that. And I think at the very least in the last couple of times you've been on the pod, we talked about the power of partnerships anyway, whether it was holiday, marketing and all these things. So it's coming oh, back, yeah. you know, it's coming because it, it does work and it's time, it's time, well, let's say consuming, but I don't like the word consuming. Um, you have to give the time to it, I'm going to say, but it's worth it. Uh, again, this is why some structure helps. Once again, that networking tracker really helps. It keeps me sane. Um, one of the things that made me smile is that we're talking about DMs and just to throw in a social news that happened recently, just because that's kind of what we mentioned as well in here. What's interesting, we're talking about DMs and what has been flying about like a ghost of Halloween, because Halloween was not too long ago. Um, Fred is, was thinking about adding messaging to their own app or their own. And part of me is just no. <laughs> Can I think that's enough. I don't think I need to elaborate. I was just gonna say it's like, really? No, 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 no. Maybe because I see it's an extension of Instagram and I'm like, I still like the idea of being like, do you want to chat more? Do you want to do a one-to-one conversation? Go to my sister app where I'm still spending God loads not of time anyway. I don't know if I need another set of DMs, unless it's integrated between the two. Maybe. But then also, how? I don't know. How you feel about that? That kind of got me a bit like, don't do it. Don't do it. It's it's too much. Like I, I looked at I looked at that as well. I'm looking at the news, the article now, and I'm just like, I agree with you. It's too much. DMs are amazing, and they they have built my business. But when you give me too much choice, I'm very overwhelmed. And the fact that Threads is Instagram it's just an extension of Instagram like why wouldn't you just integrate the DM from Instagram on there and why can't your DMs be the same like they just you just have a button that takes you to your Instagram DMs from threads like that to me makes more sense and I wouldn't mind that but yeah it's one of those things that we went from the Kesha of threads again if you listen to the old episodes because realistically speaking until Elon decided to literally throw a I don't know, a grenade into X and just let it explode. People were still, I think, thinking, oh, it's another place just like X. And if I use X and if I use Instagram, it doesn't make sense. And I think it kind of had a very much like a clubhouse little halo to it. And then because of what happened with X and stuff, it's been really interesting to see how, you know, it's coming back. And I think in a place where it's less about having either a very sarcastic tone of voice, because that's what you have to, I have to make witty remarks 24-7, or you have to do it a specific way. I think people are finding their own way. And what's interesting is that, because this is something that I saw this morning as well, is backed up by data, which, woohoo, love data, which is actually saying that there has been the little resurgence, so big peak on th- threads, then it died off, Kesha, um, like Jess said before. And then it came back, and now it's coming back and it's being quite, steady as well. Before I want to dive a bit deeper into something else from these stats that we're also going to put in the newsletter as well. So if you want to kind of look at that from overall the Q3, Q4 kind of social media trends and, and usage, I wanted to ask you again, should I young, not so die young, 
What do you think is going to happen next? Where do you think we're going to head with this? I literally had a message from my clients yesterday. Two of them asking if they should include a thread strategy in their in their marketing. And I was just like, so it's obviously people people are talking about it, right? Threads is still on the radar. It's still the new kid in town. I don't think it's going anywhere, to be honest. I think, I don't know if it's going to be widely popular. I don't, I keep forgetting it's even a thing. I've popped on there and I've had my little viral, not viral, but like, did you jump on the trend? Like, hey, algorithm, send me these people. Like I did, I think I did three of those posts back to back, like just for fun. And they all, they did very well. But I, I honestly keep forgetting it's an app. And if you would like to include threads in your strategy, I would, I, what I'd say to people is like, how's your other platforms going? If you have capacity to bring another one in, in another one in, great. But don't like, don't overwhelm yourself. Like you, you, your business isn't going to pop off just because you, you're, I was going to say tweeting, just because you're on threads now. It might, but you have to see if you enjoy it. And it's just another thing to add to the pie. But is it going to die? I don't know. I think I think Instagram has spent a lot of time and money on it. I don't know. I think they're going to hold on to it for as long as they can. I keep forgetting it's there. When I go on there, I'm probably there for like three minutes and I get bored. But that's just me. But yeah, I don't know. I, right now, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. And I love what you mentioned there. And I generally find that it's become more of a habit. But it has, as you say, like a longer, sorry, a shorter shelf life when it comes to that kind of scroll scroll of doom which is not a bad thing and what I love that you mentioned there as well is that obviously asking ourselves the question how is everything else going what how are the platforms performing and then goes me to the other bit of the, about this piece of news which gets to me seeing for the first time in months a reel from Gary V. I still follow him fun fact everybody I went to a Gary V. talk in 20 2012 maybe so while the like you're wow. true like, yeah so we're talking about probably like the the first year that I was a community manager for a startup so my first official social media job not all the other ones that I did on the side um because it was a full-time job and I remember I was like oh I'm gonna go and it was big but it was different kind of big you know it was not like a kind of guru kind of big where people are going like to say Harry tell me one thing and those five seconds kind of moments open people's worlds it was a bit less that, and but it was more aggressive in the way that it was. So a lot of people might remember the old kind of Gary Vee way, which didn't resonate as much. But from a strategic point of view, still then it had a lot of good jabs, so to speak, if you know the book I'm talking about. But what was interesting, it popped up after months that I've, I've it's been floating around my feed. And I want to tell you what he said, because it goes back to, for example... Raising in threads, TikTok is still going strong when it comes to usage, but obviously this, this, um, what's it called? Is it like the prison? Is it like the 200 view prison or whatever it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'll tell you what Gary Vee says and then we can, you can tell me what you think about that because it was interesting and also what you think about this kind of plateau on TikTok. It was interesting because they were talking about the next social media big platform if there were to come one. And it's cheeky, but I, I'm interested in what he said, which was like, well, like TikTok, the reason why everybody went to TikTok is because obviously boredom in lockdown, but also you could get huge uh, audience base and lots of views and virality without really doing anything, without having to really have a strategy around it, without having to overthink it. The first year, I would say, you know, it was just going to millions. So for somebody, especially obviously younger generations that were using it as something more than just a hobby, it became a hobby, but more structured, they were like, oh, 
Maybe I can make a job out of it. Maybe I can create something out of this. And it just felt very exciting for them. And so, but now obviously that plateau, we're talking about the two under view prison, which you could tell us what it is. But what was interesting about it, he said, I think an ex-social app that would work really well would be one that would say, I think you mentioned video still, could be, for example, a video app that said, instead of giving you 1 million views, we're going to give you 1 trillion views. And he gave this kind of random, like weirdo strategy idea for it that would be, they would say between 11 and 12 at your, um, your time zone, we're going to give one video a day, one video that we're going to choose at random and we're going to show it on everybody's screen. And then you're obviously going to get a huge amount of views. And it was like, he said, that's, I think, where we, you know, that's where we are going and that's what has been working. It's controversial in its own way and it always is in a lot of the things he says. But I found it interesting because it made me reflect on why a lot of people jumped on TikTok and why a lot of people found that it was working and it went against what Instagram was doing. And I think whether we like it or not, it's still a way that we think about social media, even if we don't want to. We don't want us to just focus on the views and focus on the, the, the you know, the part of us in the back of our heads is still like, but that dopamine hit, I still am working on it. Some recovering mm. addict from the opening hits of virality. Yeah, tell me what your thoughts. I talked for a long time, but I really found an um, interesting video and an interesting point of view. Views and likes are definitely something that I think every single person who is promoting something on social media feels uh, an emotional connection to. Regardless of how much money you're making, I've got clients right now who have made, I've got one client who's times five their sales and I've got one client who's just made like over four figures. They're both still unhappy with their engagement, even though it's that content that has contributed to their bank accounts. Now, I hold my hands up and I say, I'm a content queen, but my specialize, I specialize in monetizing small audiences. That's my niche. That's where I'm really good at. I'm, I'm good at creating a community and telling those that small community you've got how to work with you and how to give you money. Does more followers help? Absolutely. And they will come. They will come, they will come, but your business needs money now. So let's do that. That's what I specialize in. I say that because those clients and I, me personally, I do feel an emotional response to when a video doesn't perform and whether I get into 200 view jail it can have a negative impact on my entire emotional feeling no matter how well my business is doing like I've had the best year in business this year I really really have I'm like close to the VAT threshold as my accountant told me yesterday that means I'm doing really well my engagement has never been this low across the year I've had a really low engagement year getting some more followers but what we need to realize is that engagement is always going down on Instagram engagement is always going down the more people that sign up the more competition there is but I really like the idea of having an engagement lottery I'm in two minds about it so I'm calling it an engagement lottery because you said one day a video will be posted that goes on everyone's screen no matter and it's at random so in my head I'm like okay cool it's like a content engagement lottery how fun but would that take away the creator's incentive to make good content because it might just pop off and I'd be really and then once you have that high your next video you go back into 200 view gel would it even be worth it I think it's great I think it's a really fun incentive 
but I think it would be a little bit dangerous on quality control and on the, again, the fall off when you don't have that good engagement. In the midst of our busy lives, finding time to read and learn can be a real challenge, right? Well, dear listener, before we get back to class, let me ask you a question. What if I told you there's a way to discover, learn and grow all in just a few minutes a day? Enter Blinkist. Blinkist takes the key insights from over 4,500 nonfiction books and condenses them into just 15 minutes of reading or listening. Imagine gaining the knowledge from top books on your commute, during lunch, or even while you're brewing your morning cuppa. And here's the best part. Right now, we got a special treat for you. Sign up for Blinkist Premium today and get an incredible 60% off. That's right, 60% off their annual plan. But remember, this offer ends on the 21st of November, so don't wait too long. Head over to amschool.click slash Blinkist. That's amschool.click slash B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T and start your journey of discovery, learning and growth with Blinkist. Unlock the wisdom of books in minutes and transform those little pockets of time into your biggest opportunity for learning. Blinkist is waiting for you. Let's make every minute count. I was going to say exactly the same. I think I'm going to widen the spectrum to just marketers in general, whether you do it for your own clients as well, uh, whether you do it for a company, which can be even worse because, again, you also have to do the education piece to your bosses or your managers and be like, no, no, I swear. I know that the followers are staying stable or even maybe going a bit lower right now, but we are seeing other things that are positively kicking off. We just did our certification class about success markers and the students were amazing. I want to say kudos for listening, students. Well done, because they really thought about different ways to measure success that were not just like engagement and likes and followers. But not everybody thinks like that. And some people still don't know what, what to think aside from those. So my what you mentioned, especially from the emotional kind of connection, that's my other fear with something like this. That is especially for marketers that on top of everything, they also, you know, are defining whether they're doing a good job. And so in a way, if you even take away, for example, just the, the monetary kind of uh, growth as a small business owner and just looking, actually, I'm doing it for somebody else. Am I doing a good job for them? And if you look at only some of these things, where, as you say, then you're like, well, Yes, we did do one viral post. And a lot of the time when you hear about viral posts, sometimes they're not even right for your niche. So sometimes they're just maybe like a fun random thing. We talked about it way at the beginning or when you joined the pod as well. They happen, but then what well, they're going to give you in return. But still, that emotional roller coaster is actually, in my opinion, I guess I'm a bit dramatic. It's a bit, it's very dangerous for marketers because we're constantly on highs and lows of creating the content. Does it perform well? Is it exciting? Oh, yeah, I've got responses. And that's why I said it was an interesting point of view they had, and I can see why, but I think it also tells us so much about how, from a mental well-being perspective, the online world still can take us on big highs and very, 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 very drastic lows. I want to finish up today. Today, again, we talked about a couple of bits of news, but also we kind of went and dived in a couple of interesting topics. So I hope you enjoyed it. I want to just finish off with something fun. So Jess, explain to us who is the bear with the bandana so that everybody, including our dear listeners, can now be part of this cult, which is the bear with the bandana cult. I don't even know how I made it, but on WhatsApp, you can make 
I made my own stickers. I've got a few, but one of them is this bear with the bandana. I don't have him anymore, but it's fun. It's just like his face. We have to like put him up on screen somewhere, or like put a share him somewhere. He has no backstory really. Well, he was given. He was he was left. I moved into I moved into a room, a flat share, and he was left by someone else. And so I adopted him, and then I put a bandana on him. <laughs> And then we presented to do, I think it was before our class, I think it was. <laughs> I just get a WhatsApp message with no context, nothing, just the bear with a bandana. And, and then there will be a couple of reactions. One is, what the fuck? One is, cool. And one, of, one is, this is the most hilarious thing in the world. And I went for number three. I found it so funny for no particular reason. And I think that made us both kick off real bad. It was like, yep, okay, these are my people. It was like just the bear with the bandana. It's, it's, lo- it's a lo-fi sticker. It's like, <laughs> like a little, like a really gray little, gray beige blob that is very also horizontal little thing. So it just looked weird and funny and it didn't make any sense. And since then, I think you sent it to me another couple of times just for the kicks. So... Yeah, so now you also, dear listener, know about the Berry the Banana. We'll try and put it on the podcast Instagram or marketing pod. I'm trying for a, a screenshot of it or maybe with a video of this so you can admire him. He's a good guy. I mean, maybe one day we'll redo the sticker. Maybe we'll make it like um, when Instagram stickers is, you know, they're customizable stickers. Oh, yeah. I had it for a bit and then it disappeared. So I'm hoping it comes back for me because it was actually really helpful. I might do it and then we can have it as a little inside joke. So. You're welcome, listener. Now, at time of for this podcast coming out, there's going to be a couple of things happening. First of all, you tell me and us about the networking event. Not everybody's in London, but if somebody is and is listening, tell them because they're going to come and join us. Yes, I'm really, really excited about it. It's going to be on Thursday, the 23rd of November from 6.30 till 9.30 p.m., the event is called Creative Biz Social, and it's going to be at the Art House, which is in Bethnal Green. Because online networking is great, but in real life networking is so fun. We're going to have a DJ. We're going to have games. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous venue. And if you'd like to come and just mingle with some other marketers and small business owners, come along. So go and check that one out. And I'm going to rein us in with one more online uh, reminder, though. We talked about uh, holiday campaigns, actually, on the pod. So it is my time now to say that the template drop is coming. So I will make sure that my brain remembers to put the link in the show notes as well. But if you want to sign up to get the drop, then you can do it as per now, time of listening. Um, And I can even tell you that the first pack that might be actually released today at time of release is the podcaster pack. I literally just recorded a dashboard um, in Notion. It's a new pack and it's pretty sweet if I say so myself. It's literally modeled on our client's podcast dashboard and our own podcast dashboard what i use to manage the podcast as well so if you want it make sure that you sign up for the drop we're going to make sure that the emails come out in the afternoon of the fridays so that people actually have the time you can always access the pack but you will be able to access it at launch price for the only one week as it drops so if you like that go and check it out go and check out the drop you can just get the emails and see if you're interested in any of the packs one pack a week for three weeks all the way until back friday and within that, you also have some uh, Black Friday offers from some friends at All Marketing School. We are doing a little marketplace. So we're asking small businesses, they can actually share their own offers. 
and we're going to put them on stories. We're also going to put them in some of our newsletters. So you might also find some of these offers as well scattered around. I think that's it from my side. Jess, thank you so much again. You have online networking, you've got offline networking, you've got potential templates. It's wild this week. Um, so enjoy the rest of your week and weekend. And until next time, class dismissed.